Aloha, everyone. Welcome to our holiday worship today. I'm grateful that we can worship God together as we approach the end of 2020. It's been quite a year for all of us, hasn't it? It's amazing that it's already coming to the end. But none of us would have uh, expected that, you know, this year would turn out the way that it has. There's been many lessons learned this past year. What lessons have you learned? Go ahead, write it in the chat. I'm sure that God has taught you quite a bit. On a church level, God has shown us it's never been about a building. Church continues on. We've also become more home-based rather than facility-centric, and that's a good thing. I want to encourage all of us to continue taking advantage of the time together as a family because it may not always be this way. I'm also grateful for the church's ability to pivot quickly and try new things. What do I mean by that? I mean, we've had to go digital. You've had to learn what Zoom is. You've had to adjust by watching lessons like this on TV or a mobile device. I'm grateful for individuals like Jordan and Tish and Jace for growing our digital ministry and social media presence. This isn't going away. As a matter of fact, it's only going to grow in the world and in our church. I'm grateful for the over 40 new people that have been baptized, restored, or moved into our fellowship. That's more than last year. God continues to move despite uh, the lockdown. Personally, I've learned that there's so little that I can control. God has allowed so much to occur in our world. It's a matter of how I respond to it. The virus is not new to God. He's using it to get our attention not just as individuals, but as a church family. He's forcing us to think outside the box. There's a passage in Revelation chapter 9, verse 20 and 21 that says, The rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. There are many ways that people can look at what's happened in 2020. But one way we have to consider is that God is calling all of us to recognize him as Lord. This pandemic is another attempt of God calling people to change, to repent and be baptized and follow Jesus. Sadly, many people, even in the midst of tragedy and calamity, will continue to refuse God as the scripture calls it to. If you're watching this, you, are, you still have a chance to get right with God. According to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, God does not want anyone to perish. However, when God's call is consistently rejected, then judgment is going to follow. This is where all of us need hope. And the Christmas holiday turns our attention to the birth of Jesus Christ. And quite honestly, it comes at a great time because in the midst of economic challenges, increased unemployment, political turmoil, mental health issues, racial injustice, and a pandemic that's sweeping our nation, we need to be reminded of greater things, hopeful things, eternal things. And here's the thing about Christmas. 
We have to see beyond the traditions, the commercialism, the ornaments and the decorations and the Black Friday. For example, Jesus was not born on December 25th or in winter for that matter. Jesus was likely born in the springtime when shepherds were watching their flocks uh, at night because little lambs were being born. Uh, the exact day of Jesus' birth is unknown. It wasn't until the 4th century that the Roman Catholic Church decided to celebrate the birth of Jesus, and they chose December 25th as his birthday. The same day, the Romans celebrated winter solstice and the birth of their gods with pagan festivals. That is why, buried under the years of tradition, we need to make sure we don't miss the real value of this season. It's to remember the birth of Christ and the impact that his life has made on our lives. Why was his birth so important? Well, the reason is because slightly over 2,000 years ago, God, he stooped down from heaven and became a human being in Jesus Christ. As the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Now think about that. God became a man. God enveloped himself in skin. He did it because he loves us, and that's what we should celebrate as Christmas approaches. On the night that Jesus was born, just after his birth in Luke chapter 2, it tells us that some shepherds were there, and they were close to Bethlehem and had a visit from an angel. Suddenly, out of nowhere, in front of them, the Lord's glory was shining all around them, and they were terrified. Then the angel said to them in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 14, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth, peace to men to whom his favor rests. Heaven rejoices at the birth of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of great activity going on in heaven. But why was heaven celebrating? Why was heaven so thrilled and full of praise and excitement? Well, Think about what Jesus went through while on earth. I mean, didn't heaven understand what his birth set in motion? Didn't they know that he'd be born into poverty and, and live his entire life in poverty? You know, once a scribe came to Jesus and said in Matthew chapter 8, verse 19 through 20, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I mean, didn't heaven know that even his brothers and family members would refuse to believe him through, though he was out of his mind, and they thought he was out of his mind? John chapter 7 and Mark chapter 3. Jesus was so controversial that there were serious desires by, by many people that they wanted to kill him. He made many enemies that complicated his ministry and made his, 
his life full of miserable circumstances. Didn't heaven know that he would be betrayed by one of the 12 men who lived and worked with him? Didn't heaven know the agony Jesus would endure when one of his best friends denied him that he ever even knew him? Did heaven not know the humiliation, the abuse, the pain that Jesus would endure being scourged and mocked and slapped and beaten, spat upon and flogged? Did heaven know that the emotional and physical agony he would endure for hours as he was crucified? Didn't heaven know all this? Yes, absolutely heaven knew all this. So if, if heaven knew, why is heaven rejoicing? What's all about this joy? How could they be so excited, so happy, so filled with praise if they knew that this baby that was just born would be successful only if he confronted and endured all this? And, and honestly, brothers and sisters, this is hard for all of us to understand, isn't it? I mean, who would want their child to be born knowing this was their future? No parent would. But there's a heavenly perspective that we don't always see or have in mind. And that's our challenge, is to see things from heaven's perspective. Heaven was not rejoicing at the prospect of Jesus' ordeals and pain. Why was heaven rejoicing? Heaven rejoiced because God's plan was almost complete. The plan God set in motion the day that Adam and Eve rebelled had begun its final stage. They rejoiced because God's objective was at hand. Perfect redemption from evil, total forgiveness of sins, complete salvation would be a reality. Jesus is the once and for all sacrifice. Heaven rejoiced because God's complete victory over Satan was within reach. Satan had been thrown out of heaven according to Revelation chapter 12. Soon the power of death, which was Satan's power and control over a human's life, would be destroyed. Heaven rejoiced because after the cross would come the resurrection, when Jesus would be Lord and Christ, and Satan would be defeated. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It was the joy beyond the cross that caused heaven to rejoice. Heaven saw the end game. Satan may win a few battles, but God wins the war. Heaven rejoiced because the birth of this child meant all of us have the opportunity to be saved. Isn't that incredible, brothers and sisters? We could experience true security and peace with God, finally, because of Jesus. We now have a role model to follow. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, John 14, verse 6. From the moment Jesus entered this world to the moment Jesus left this world, heaven took great interest in all that occurred in Jesus' life. I want to point out some incredible passages where angels ministered to Jesus and to even the disciples. For example, 
an angel told Mary that she had conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then an angel told Joseph not to be afraid to marry her. Angels rejoiced and praised God when Jesus was born. Another example, angels came and ministered to Jesus when his temptations in the desert concluded. Another event, when Jesus prayed with such intensity in the Garden of Gethsemane that he sweated as though he were bleeding. An angel came and strengthened him there. An angel even rolled the stone away from Jesus' tomb when he was resurrected and told the women who made their early morning visit to the tomb that Jesus was not there. He, he had risen. Immediately after Jesus ascended back into heaven, heavenly messengers promised Jesus' disciples that Jesus would return in the same manner that he left. Do you see what's happening, brothers and sisters? Heaven took such great interest in all that occurred in Jesus' life. Heaven rejoiced when he was born, when he was resurrected, and heaven rejoiced again when he returned. In Revelation chapter 5, it states that all the creatures in heaven bowed before the resurrected Jesus and sang this song. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Just as heaven was personally and directly involved in Jesus' life, from the moment he was born through the time of his resurrection, if you choose to place your life in the resurrected Jesus, heaven will be personally and directly involved in your life. From the moment you're born into God's family, by being born again, through the time of your resurrection. Jesus was born to create your opportunity to choose. Jesus was raised from the dead to give you that choice. It's your choice. If you and I choose life in Christ, heaven will rejoice again. I wanted to show you a picture of our newest sister in the Lord, Rose Wong. She's part of the Young Professionals group. Uh, she came to the church knowing Kyle Papinga and Jordan and so appreciate all the different sisters that were able to be involved in, in Rose's Bible studies. And despite being one of the youngest entrepreneurs in Waikiki, Rose has chosen to live today in light of eternity. Congratulations, Rose. It's great to have you part of the family. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is for everyone. He's for every tribe, language, people, and nation. Jesus came for the foreigners, for the despised, the rejected, the imperfect, the sick, the brokenhearted, the weak, the weary, the depressed, the needy, the criminals. He came for sinners. Jesus was born for you and me. He won't reject or despise anyone who wants to come to him because he will freely give his grace, forgiveness of sins. Anyone who accepts it, repents, and is baptized. It's Jesus and this good news that provides us with hope and a future this holiday season. What's our next step? What's your next step? For those who need to become Christians, I want to encourage you to take the opportunity to reach out to us. If you wouldn't mind filling out one of those connection cards if you're new to the church, or if you have a friend that goes to the church, come you know, speak with that friend and ask them to study the Bible with you. 
Don't go into 2021 without a spiritual plan. For those who are disciples, continue to be grateful for your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to take time to celebrate the birth of Christ. Talk about it together as a family. Pray to God, the Father. Pray to God, the Son. Pray to the Spirit. Thank all of them for the birth of our Messiah. From heaven's perspective, there's rejoicing in heaven because of the birth of Jesus Christ. Let's do the same this year. God bless.